Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to sport our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It is hard to believe that we have been having in-depth weekly conversations about movies since 2011. So many great conversations over the years about so many great movies. And some stinkers. Well, true. But you know, producing this show week after week requires a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, one easy way is by using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these great discussions. In season three, we covered even more great adaptations like The Night of the Hunter and It Happened One Night, both part of our Couples on the Run series. We talked about No Country for Old Men. The Coen brothers so rarely adapt someone else's work. We had some fun rom-com adaptations like About a Boy, based on the Nick Hornby novel, and Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, adapted from Rachel Cohn and David Levithan's book. In our terribly and naively named foreign language series, we discussed the brilliant City of God and the Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which I won't ever be able to watch again, ever. But could you read the original memoir? I don't know, maybe? We had our Richard Dysart series with adaptations like The Day of the Locust and Being There. Plus, we had that fantastic interview with the man himself. <laughs> the one where we had him sit on the floor? Because this chair was so squeaky. <laughs> Good times. We did our first Tom Hanks series with Forrest Gump adapted from Winston Groom's novel, plus Apollo 13 based on Lost Moon by Jim Lovell. And we did another year series looking at films from 1981, including Das Boot, Gallipoli, and Thief, all based on books. Listeners can dive deeper into all of these original stories and more at thenextreel.com slash originals. Every book, play, movie, video game. Video game. <laughs> you bet. We have talked about some video game adaptations as well. It doesn't matter the source, just follow the link. Every purchase supports the podcast. Check out the full list at thenextreel.com slash originals and get reading, watching, performing, or playing today. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Andy Nelson. Welcome to The Next Reel. When the movie ends, our conversation begins. 
In just a matter of seconds, you're going to hear a classic episode of this show from back in the day when we called ourselves Movies We Like. It took us a while to settle into the show's format, so you'll notice some differences as you listen to these episodes. For instance, it takes us a bit of time to actually get into the conversation about the movie. Things like that. But we're still proud of the conversations about the movies themselves, and we think they're worth keeping in the library. So enjoy these episodes from our back catalog. And you can become part of our Discord community, learn more about the show, and find out how you can become a supporting member at thenextreel.com. So thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to The Next Reel. We appreciate your time and attention, and we hope you enjoy the show. Oh, man. Nelson Mandela, right? And Paul Walker. Yeah. Two, two, Which one carries more weight in the world? <laughs> the Onion, I think, crushed it today. Um, what was the Onion headline? It was something like Nelson Mandela, uh, the first politician to be missed. <laughs> something, something horrible like that. Horrible, horribly true. Horrible, yeah. Horrible yeah. yet true. Yeah, it's kind of sad state it of is things. Sad. Uh, more appropriate. Maybe not uh, more appropriate. More appropriate, I would say, to movies, though. Paul Walker. We lost Paul Walker this week. Yeah. You know, I found myself really, I think, more bummed about this than I than I expected. I think a lot of people did. I did too. I I didn't surpri- I, I I I didn't expect that it. I would have been saddened so much by the loss, yeah. but maybe it was because it was just such a. I, I that's my theory. Accident. I that is exactly my theory. I, I that's my theory. First of all, and I'm you know, like I said, I only very recently binged out on Fast and the Furious. Right. And so I feel like I've just had a lot of Paul. Right. And um, and so I I feel like hearing that he wasn't high, he wasn't drunk. He wasn't, he didn't, you know, do something really stupid. He didn't get a big fight. He just, he, it was just an accident. Yeah. It's like a good guy. Like, yeah, I mean, it just really felt like we, we this was, this was just a, a good guy who was in a, in a horrible accident. And it, it, you know, especially with some of his upcoming films, I, you know, I, things I was really found myself really looking forward to. Yeah, I was really I I was it is a very sad loss, um, to the industry I think. Yeah, and you know I mean, he was you know beyond the industry. I mean, he was a humanitarian. You know, he was at a fundraiser for uh, his organization raising money for the typhoon victims. I mean, yeah, you know it's you know he was not just an actor. He was somebody who was really trying to make the world a better place so it is it is it's just really really tragic yeah it is tragic i don't know how to make things happier right now i feel like we've opened on kind of a downer we did you see anything good this week i saw a lot <laughs> you did it was kind of a, a movie week what'd you do i mean it's the holidays you know we go see movies and stuff more than we, we talk i mean i know last week you saw frozen like seven times yeah, it felt like it. I saw it. I did see it twice. We quite enjoyed that film over at, at our household. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I did go see Catching Fire. And you liked it. And I liked it quite a bit. 
It was a, it was a lot of uh, fun. It was a a great middle film. I, I liked. I mean, I thought the ending was great. I liked how they built to that. Um, I honestly could have just kept watching. I thought they um, just made a really compelling story, and I had a lot of fun watching it. A lot more fun than the first film. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I yeah. there was a, a review, I uh, uh, read a review about um, that said, uh, you know, what do people like about this this Katniss? Like she is horribly unlikable as a person. Like why are these two guys like fawning over her? Uh, what's what's your take on cat the Katniss likability scale? Well, the KL, it's the KLS. It's here's the thing. It's. It, in the world of screenwriting, we've talked about it f- before, the whole idea of saving the cat. As long as your character does something, like they save a cat at the beginning of the story, that is something the audience can attach to. Right from the start of you know the this dystopian, horrible world that they live in, her sister is the one who's uh, called to be the tribute. She sacrifices herself, essentially, to step in for her sister. So from that moment, I think it was very easy for the audiences to identify her with her, even though, yes, she's a bit of a grump. <laughs> That's not in it. Is that in the Saving the Cat uh, dictum? <laughs> it when is. You, when if you your teach character's Saving the a Cat, grump, even if sure. it's a grump, make them save the sister. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's chapter four. Chapter four. <laughs> <laughs> the grumpy heroine. <laughs> yep. uh, I like it. I feel good about it. Um Okay, so you saw that, you liked it, you feel good about it. I'm I'm glad to be with Have you seen the, the uh, uh, Divergent yet? That hasn't opened yet, has it? Well, the trailers are still out for that. Have you seen the trailers? <laughs> I, I, you know, oddly enough, I have seen the trailers for Divergent. Are, you know, are you serious? The thing about, not, it hasn't opened yet? Am I that out of touch? I have not, you're, I have not you're seen out of it. Touch. I, I mean, I saw it, you know, in Berlin when it opened the first time. Uh, <laughs> apparently, you are the one who is out of touch. Yeah, it it doesn't open until March 2014. Wow. Yes, but maybe you saw a really long trailer or you just watched the trailer, you know, 50 times and it you know, felt like it's a been, full movie. You know what it is? It's not just that. I'll tell you, I feel like I I know these people because it's not just the trailers, the behind the scenes stuff, the making of stuff. I mean, they're they're taking they're they're going all the way, giving away a lot of uh material. Um in this film before it's out. I, I frankly don't understand it. My daughter's read it. I don't understand. I can't get excited about the story. It seems really dumb. I, and yet there I are a lot either. of people who are excited about it. Well, and here's the thing. I watched the trailer. It was played before uh, Catching Fire. And I looked at my wife. I'm like, is that a sequel to something? Didn't, yeah. Did this already come out? Yeah. Or is this... Like, I was so confused. I was and, like, and then I you realize, yes, it's a sequel to everything. And then my wife was like, no, it's, it, it hasn't come out yet. I'm like, maybe I'm confusing it with something else. Oh, maybe it's the host that I'm confusing it with. And then I looked at that, and after uh, later I looked at that, and I'm like, no, it wasn't the host. What am I confusing this with? It was the Mortal, the mortal Bone City of Instruments. Oh, yeah, that's I saw one. I saw the poster for that. I'm like, oh, that's what I was confusing Divergent for, because they all look the same. Yeah. All these movies, it's, you know, it's, it's the, uh, that... You know, young teen slash tween draw for these kind of these sci-fi adventures that uh, is kind of the post Harry Potter crowd they're trying to latch onto, and they all look the same. Yep, yep. So. And I think that's I I think the uh, you know is there a danger of over commoditizing the um, uh, y- young strong female 
lead. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we've we've <laughs> we've clearly cheapened the young strong male lead. I think yeah. we're on the way to doing that to the young strong female lead. I think we've we yeah. I think we're we're right, on our way right with Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? That's big news. I don't know. I don't even know what to think. I, I heard Gadot. that name and I'm like, who is this woman? I have what no is idea. she? She's uh, Israeli. I think she's from. Is yeah. she Israeli? And you uh, saw her in Fast Five, right? right? And I saw her apparently in Night and Day, or I guess you saw her in like several of the Fast and Furious movies. But she was in Night and Day, which I um, apparently saw her in that. And don't was remember that her Night at all. and Day? Was that um, that was Tom the Cruise, Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz? And Cameron yeah. Diaz, yeah. Yeah, she. That was that was Naomi. a. Wildly forgettable film. Welcome to the next reel, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm Pete Wright, and that over there is Andy Nelson. Say hello to the people, Andrew. Hi ho. <laughs> 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 And uh, and we spoil movies. We spoil them heavily. We thank you for uh, listening to our spoilage. Uh, you can find us in lots of places. The first and best place to find us is over on our website at thenextreel.com. Uh, that is the sun of our solar system. From there, you head over to iTunes. You can subscribe to the show for free. Make sure you don't miss a single episode. Leave your kind reviews, and, and five-star reviews are very helpful to us. And they enter you in a chance to be able to pick a movie for us to review next year. We've got, I think, what do we have, three listener uh, listener choice slots yeah. for next year, yeah. and uh, and so we're going to do three drawings for people who leave us these uh, uh, very kind res- reviews. We deeply appreciate it, and uh, they they help others discover the show. Uh, and in doing so, you enter to to get uh, to 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 uh, get a mu- movie of your choice reviewed on the show. And I think what we're thinking about this is the, this is the secret. I think you're going to be a guest, right? Am I dropping the bomb too early? I think I, I think I don't think it's a guest. I think it's a a guest intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, guest, yeah. a brief a brief guest. You don't get you don't have to hang out for the whole ramble, but yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get you in on the show in some some way. That's some capacity. We're, we're pretty excited about that. So we want to know why you think we should talk about that movie. Right? Why you've either cursed or blessed us. <laughs> With the film of your choice. We're very excited about that. You can also head over to our uh, our, our uh, assorted social media platforms, uh, facebook.com slash the next reel, twitter.com slash the next reel, uh, google plus at google.com slash plus the next reel podcast, and finally, for the hardcore film people, head over to flickchart.com slash the next reel or letterboxd slash the next reel and join us there uh, and you can follow the films and the reviews that we do and, and our stack rankings uh, each and every week phew andy tell us give us the update on this week's instagram uh pony prize you know i thought i was picking a very obscure character the uh, the movie that we talked about or that i was posting for instagram this week was love actually man you got burned I sure did. I, you know, I mean, that's a movie of faces. It's hard to not pick, you know, faces because it's just faces wall to wall. And so I picked a, an actor from one scene and leave it to Mrs. Tammy Joe 24, who nailed it right out the gate. So <laughs> I just. You are a uh, chump. 
I sure am. You know I, what? I, you earned it because you have been <laughs> you have been cursing people with the most obscure. It was about time somebody somebody absolutely nailed it. Yes, uh, she sure she, did. Congratulations. <laughs> So that's Mrs. Tammy Joe twenty four. She got it. So uh, yeah, a new a new one starts up next week or tomorrow actually, and uh, yeah, it'll I'll, hopefully it'll take more than one picture for people to get this one. We'll see. This is the this is the <laughs> we have awakened the sleeping giant. Norman. <laughs> that's right. Oh, you think you can best me, huh? <laughs> you want to dance? You want to dance? Right. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what you come up with next. This is going to be so good. Now, what happens when, uh, uh, what would you say? It was Tammy Joe 24? Yeah, Mrs. Tammy Joe 24. Mrs. 24. What happens when the good Mrs. Tammy Joe 24 uh, wins? What happens with her name then? Uh, Where does it go? She, it, when she wins? No, I mean, overall? when she, she just won this week. She won this week, so what happens to her name she, next? Oh, Give us the she workflow. She goes... What happens is yeah, it's on a conveyor belt. Twenty four. You write it, it down on like a little the, ribbon. It's it's kind of like the North Pole. We kind of have <laughs> this whole system going on here. Uh-huh. I put her name on this little conveyor belt that right. goes through all these little doors and and uh, uh, hills and ramps, mm-hmm. and it ends up in when it's unwrapped. A, at some point, it's unwrapped by Josh Holloway, who kisses it, and then yes, he wraps he, it up he, again, he, and then what? He, ble- he does bless each one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and they end up in a great big pot, and it's it's like a spittoon, really. Yeah. But it's actually much larger. Yeah. So. But it is. But like a spittoon, it's full of spit. It actually is. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Josh Holloway, you know, his blessing does yeah. help a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. And then what? And then we, uh, when it comes to June seventh, two thousand eighteen, or somewhere between now and then, <laughs> we are actually going to pull a name out of this giant spittoon. And that person is going to win our pony prize. Oh, I can't wait till we figure out what that is. I know we already have a collection. I think the pony prize. By 2018, we're going to need a truck. That's right. To, to get all these gifts. Uh, assorted and sundry film paraphernalia coming your way to the winner of the Guess the Movie Pony Prize. That will be coming sometime in the next five years. Actually, it it is that I. It, that's a joke. It's of course that's a joke. It's coming sooner than that. <laughs> yes, Andy, it Andy and I will be doing something really special on June seventh, two thousand eighteen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah, good times indeed. Let's talk about trailers. I got to get yes. back to the superhero thing because. Uh, as you know, there's the segue. <laughs> as you know, I am a little bit of a fan of the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and so am I. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no dispute. Quite a fan of this film, of the first one that came out. Big fan, and so I've been very much looking forward to uh, this this next one, the Amazing Spider-Man two. Uh, and the trailer came out today, like 12 hours ago, something like that, 15 hours ago. And, uh, it was so awesome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so good. It sounds like you're yawning. It sounds no, like you were bored. That's a, that's a <laughs> was that a Kermit the Frog? I'm excited. <laughs> 
I would never attempt to best your Kermit the Frog. It was so good. It was that was my I'm 11 years old and I can't take it. I think I might have just peed a little. Uh, it's uh, I was very excited about it, but there I think there are risks. There are risks with this one. You jam yeah. too many superhero or supervillains in this thing, and it just gets messy. We've seen it before. It gets messy. Too many superheroes. Yeah, in the same, uh, the same. In the same superhero. thing. Yeah. I got to tell you, Electro looking looking pretty good. I'm excited about that. I'm I I don't have a lot of skin in the in the comic Electro, uh, and so I'm pretty excited about that. But seeing what they're wh- the way they're going with what it looks like uh, with Rhino and um, uh, you know I. Crazy hair and giant metal suit. Right, right. I, I, I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> I just don't know what to make of it. I'm very excited about the opening cut of this, or the opening clip of this trailer, The Long Fall. Mm-hmm. <sighs> if only we could be superheroes and do that. Did you not feel that way? I totally felt that way. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm excited. I, I, I definitely am. I, I know that, you know, I, I definitely have friends who are the... Uh, the poo pooers. No, I don't like I can, those guys. If I can call them that. No. Who uh, are they? they? Name them. Name them. Out them on the show. I won't name names. Out I won't em. name names. They deserve it. <laughs> they uh, are already um, bashing it because of cheap looking effects, too many villains. I mean, people are going to complain left and right. I think it looks fun, and I, you know, I do did really like the the first of this latest round of Spider Man. Uh, films and so I am here's definitely a, looking forward to this. Here's the thing: I think I'm looking forward to m- more. And this is what surprised me so much about the first one. I think you know I'm on the record about this on this very show. I thought that the first Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man one, was a wonderful character film for uh, for Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker. I was really surprised that I was uh, as if not more interested in their relationships, him out of costume, uh, than the action. When he was in costume, I think these two folks did an incredible, incredible job. And so the little bit of the trailer for number two, when he says, you know, there was a traffic jam and she says, did the traffic jam have anything to do with being shot uh, at by, you know, the machine gun or something? And he says, oh, yeah, I thought that was implied. Right. (laughs) I was looking more forward to that after the big fall than anything else that came afterwards. I'm so excited to see these two on screen. Yeah. Together. Especially, you know, because I you know, I watched a lot of movies this week too. And one of them had uh, had uh, Emma in them uh, in it, which was uh, this was uh, Gangster Squad. Oh yeah. She was terrific in that film. I loved that film. I loved both the movies I watched this week, Lawless and uh, Gangster Squad. I saw both of these. Uh had not seen them in the theater and deeply regret it. They were great. And Lawless truly surprised me. That's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. What's your trade? When does it come out? Spider-Man? Spider-Man, yeah. Do you I have didn't it? look. You're supposed to look. I know. This was on me, but I was too busy looking <laughs> at other stuff. And now you know you're I am. T- you're too busy dribbling in your pants. <sighs> I, I peed I'm myself so excited. Again. Why do you make fun? You make a lot of fun. It's 2014. It's coming. Stay with me with great power. To May 2014. To there you go. May 2nd, 2014. What are you going to be doing May 2nd? Probably watching Spider Man. Watching Spider Man. That's the answer. All right. What else? Yeah. We, what? We, uh, give me. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So, I, I don't want mine to end up being a downer, <laughs> but <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> but in honor of Paul Walker, I did want to mention his trailer for his newest movie, which is 
actually opening up next week in theaters and on demand, December 13th. It's called Hours with him and uh, Genesis Rodriguez in it. And it looks like a really uh, touching, difficult film that basically deals with uh, Hurricane Katrina when a uh, couple end up going to the hospital uh, five weeks early uh, or five weeks before their baby is supposed to be born. Uh, she's going into early labor and she the, the mother dies in childbirth and the baby is on a, a breathing machine. And then, of course, Katrina comes in, ravages the hospital, kind of destroys everything, knocks out the power and the baby's ventilator needs that electricity. And so, you know, the, everyone in the hospital leaves except for him because he can't take his baby out because his baby's on this ventilator. And he finds this little generator, but it can only run for three minutes at a time. Like he's got a hand crank it. It gives it three hour, three minutes of energy to keep the, uh, the ventilator going. And I got to say, I mean, this is just one of those horrible situations as a parent that, it, I mean, it just breaks your heart seeing somebody have to go through this spending these little three-minute bursts trying to open windows and scream to people and find help. It's just, uh, you know, a really shocking uh, situation. And I didn't see anything if this is something that was actually based on a true story or not. But I mean, it's just, it looks like a really interesting story. And it's nice to see uh, Paul Walker that he was doing things like this, not just the Fast and Furious films, which, you know, are, are fine for what, they are, for what they are. Did you just swallow your tongue a little bit? I'm just verklempt. I heard you aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it looks like a really interesting thriller in this horrible real-world situation. I think this film's going to do very, very well. That's my bet. Yeah. I think it's going to do very well. It looks interesting. It looks interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that opens up uh, next week, December 13th in theaters and on demand. Hey, let me ask you real quick. So I was just looking, I back to Spider-Man, I was just looking out. I wanted to see what else was coming in May, right, to see if there was anything that was going to compete with my May 2nd plans. And mm-hmm. true to form, nothing is going to compete with my May 2nd plans. But coming after that, uh, have you seen any uh, anything at all about God, this Godzilla reboot? I feel like I have. Apart from the, the poster. I feel like I saw... Didn't they have a clip that played at Comic-Con that got leaked or something? I, I feel like I saw something for it. I have seen nothing about it, but it looks like it's it's coming May 16th. And, the, you know, I, as far as right now, it looks like a giant tail and Brian Cranston. So that's good. But then immediately following uh, the next week, we have X-Men Days of Future Past, Maleficent. Uh, and it turns out uh, Seth MacFarlane's doing a comedy western. I haven't heard anything about this. Million Days to Die in the West. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I was a big fan of Ted. Big fan. Yeah. <laughs> big fan I, of Ted. I still haven't seen it. Oh, you should see that. I, you know, I, I would have. I was more inclined to see it before he hosted the Oscars. I think <laughs> that was what is the word? Uh, ill-conceived. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Andy, man. we need to talk about Lola. We do. Lola. Did you look up in your little fancy schmancy uh, translator device uh, how to say the title properly? Lola Rent. Lola Rent. Lola Rent. Lola Rent. R-E-N-N-T. Lola Rent. 
We are continuing our German. No, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. Let's see who's going to pronounce it. This is at Forvo.com, the most fantastic site I have discovered today. All the words in the world pronounced. And uh, let's just see if I can. Let's crank it up here and see if. Did you hear it? Did you <laughs> I hear sure that did. a little bit. That was <laughs> there. That, you go. That was live. That was a live cut in from Tonatas, a male from Germany, live pronouncing Lola Rent for us. So this is, of go. course, the um, fantastic English. In in English, it is Run Lola Run, um, and oh my goodness, does she ever? A lot. She <laughs> runs a lot, and she's. She, one of my problems with this film is that she never breathes quite hard enough. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, I, I felt like throughout the film, there should be more panting. And there just wasn't, wasn't enough panting. Well, she's in pretty good shape. So I, I, shape. I give her that. <laughs> uh, this film stars the uh, wonderful Franca Potente and uh, Moritz Bleibtrau. And as uh, her boyfriend Manny, and uh, the uh, it, well, how would how do you uh, how do you how do you talk about this film when you tell people? Hey, have you seen Run Lola Run? Let's go ahead and role play. Uh, Andy, have you seen any good movies lately? <laughs> Why, yes, I saw a film called Run Lola Run. Oh, I haven't seen that. Tell me about it. Well, it's it's a pretty simple story about a girl whose boyfriend needs money to pay off his gangster boss. And so she has to run. She only has 20 minutes to raise 100,000 marks for him. And we see it three times play out in three different ways as she tries to get this money. That's really... Not, I mean, it's, it's a hard film to describe. I'm not sure that I'm giving it any... Uh, <laughs> making it sound interesting at all. You know, it. I. I um, it's like a, a dream yeah. state. Well, that's what... that's what I that's that's what I get to out, out of this. So it, the the way the movie is put together, I think one of the the real highlights of the film for me is just the way it is structured. So the film is um, it was uh, written and directed by Tom Tickfer. Uh, and uh, let's see, where do we we've ta- we've talked about Tom Tickfer before? Yeah, we talked we about, him about him with, with uh, uh, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, right? Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, Generally, we like Tom Tickfer. Yeah, I mean, he's done uh, you know quite a number of other films, but uh, we haven't talked about any of the other ones. But he did Perfume, the Story of a Murderer. Yeah. Interestingly, that was the film that uh, Julian Schnabel, who we talked about on last week on the show, Diving Bell and the Butterfly, that was the film that he really wanted to make. He had an idea as to how to make that film, but uh, before he got a chance to pursue that, he was presented with this film, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. So, <laughs> step in, Tom Tikfer, who ended up directing that in 2006. And then he did The International in 2009, which I th- think was, I don't know, it seemed like a bomb, but um, I don't know, maybe it maybe it uh, did okay. It didn't look very good. Did you see that one? No, no. Uh, but this one... More people running in it, though. Yeah, right. Well, you know. Clive Owen and Naomi Watts running around in that one. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have seen that. See, that's how memorable it was, I guess. No, not only have I seen it. Wait a minute. I think I quite liked it. Is that possible? 
I, I, I don't know. It Do doesn't you know sound what? like you even know what film it I is. I know exactly what it is. I, to- <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what this was. Not only did I see it, I quite liked it. It was so then- it was a surprise to me because it it is not a um, it, it wasn't a, a a wild construction film uh, you know and since I I've been sort of putting Run Lola Run next to uh, Cloud Atlas which are both wild construction films um, this one doesn't meet that. Mark, it, it, it is it is much standard. more cerebral kind of, or not cerebral, much more sort of, uh, it, it's very slow. I mean, it's much slower. Uh, it's a slower paced kind of a traditional um, uh, thinker. I, I quite liked it, but you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Clive Owen. But what I remember about it is they had, they, they built like a giant uh, version of the Guggenheim, right? They, they yeah, built and, a replica right. of the Guggenheim to do this big shootout. Uh, that's right. the thing that st- sticks out for me. Uh, so anyway, back to you, your stuff. So what well, I love about this film, though, is that is the crazy construction of it. Right? It's the it's this idea that the film is it's essentially um, it's a much shorter movie that we get to watch three times. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's it's only eighty minutes anyway. Yeah. Right. And then split that into thirds, and you watch one little story, then another story, then another story, and they've got like little interconnected dream moment or something before we step into that the next one but i mean that's essentially it yeah we're gonna and we're totally gonna talk about that um the 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 what i love so much about the movies is, is that it quite obviously deals with this collection of of uh themes uh, of sort of it, it feels a lot like they they put lola and mani in this in this like model and then rolled like a d20 die right to see what is going to happen and and so we get these uh, we play out this exercise in in choice. You know, we 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 see what happens when these characters make snap choices, uh, and there is a a fantastic um, uh, conceit when we actually do this in this fast forward of of these inconsequential. Otherwise, we would think inconsequential characters uh, as she runs into them. You know, they'll mm-hmm. we'll snap forward and see somebody win the lottery or somebody end up in a ditch, that kind of a thing, uh, and and see how they play out and they play out differently each time she makes a different choice uh or or we see a different outcome but we also see these um the the uh, sort of a sliding doors effect uh of uh, i love how that's become a thing uh the sliding doors effect of of the unexpected obstacle you know um that that we run into this obstacle and we see how the fork in the road it's a quite obvious conceit right this is the literal fork in the road and we see when you don't trip over the baby carriage exactly what happens to both forks uh and i like that as a sort of experimental conceit uh and i also uh, you know i think we get into the um uh, this is a an incredible sort of downer of a film in many er, in many respects uh until we get to this this uh idea of um of uh you know life's unexpected gifts right or kindnesses and i'm thinking specifically about the casino when she's when she's given an out uh and and gets a free uh, you know a yeah. free chip, some some extra money to when she's short on her, uh, and and so it's um, yeah I, th- that I, there's a lot of stuff in in the way the film is constructed, right? The, the just general archi- architecture of of the of Lola's journey, uh, and the way it play it it has uh, played out uh, 
all of the different choices that we see that we usually don't get an opportunity to see in film. I think that's the exercise of Run, Lola, Run, and that's what makes it such an interesting film to watch and, and look at more closely. That's yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels, to some extent, you could also compare it to a video game, right? It's like, this is the level that, that character Lola, you have to get her through. And we see her try and fail. And so she goes back to the save point. And then we see her try and, and fail again. Uh, so she goes back to the save point a third time. And this time she she tries again. She gets the power up and she's able to succeed. It, it feels very much that way. And that's, you know, I, I don't want to sound, I, I'm not meaning to kind of diminish the, the magic of the story. But in a way, that's kind of how it works. You can very much kind of look at it that way. And if you're familiar with video games, that's exactly how the, the movie feels. But, you know, I think stepping back to the beginning of the film for a second, I, I think there's, uh, you know, some interesting things that happen at the beginning of the film that give us this sense of the world that we are entering here and the type of story that Tikvar is constructing for us. Right from the start, we have a couple quotes and I, I didn't write down the the the, the quotes, but uh, or the first one. But the second one, uh, the first one is a T.S. Eliot quote. Actually, here it is. And at the end of all of our exploring, we will arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. And the second quote is by a, a football coach, i.e. soccer for us Americans who don't know what football is in the rest of the world. Uh, Sepp Herberger, he's a legendary football coach apparently. His motto was, after the game is before the game. So those two quotes appear at the beginning. And then we go, we see this pendulum swinging across the screen, this giant pendulum over black. And then we travel up the pendulum to this, it's like this, it's, it's just this freaky looking clock that apparently has the face of Kronos, the god of time. And we go into his mouth and we come out in this just crazy, like it, it's, it's, it's just this, like this giant white space full of people meandering about and just it's it's just like kind of this insane anthill is kind of what it feels like and we see all the faces that we're going to be encountering and then this this narrator comes in who says who are we where do we come from where are we going how do we know what we think we know why do we believe anything at all countless questions in search of an answer that will give rise to a new question and the next answer will give rise to the next question and so on but in the end isn't it always the same question and always the same answer? So, yes, you can look at it like it's this video game and this kind of this this simplified version of a person failing and succeeding. But when you put it into this this almost philosophical open, it gives us this different look at this story and the way that little things in people's lives these these. Uh, it's almost like a butterfly effect of different things that could potentially happen and the way that you you get past a situation uh, in your head, it's almost like you're projecting and the way you get past it versus the way you really get past it. All of those lead to the outcome. And, and, and now it's sounding like really heady and philosophical because uh, because of you know the way that this begins, it does have that in it. But the film itself is so much fun. And you watch her just running and, and just going through all these these similar situations and meeting all these people and seeing how their outcomes change depending on the slight little butterfly effect of the way that Lola encounters them. And it just builds to just like this exciting 
uh, finale as you're waiting to see how is how is this final little butterfly effect twist going to actually make it so that that she and and Mani are able to succeed in this uh, quest. I don't know. I I love this that the fact that it has this philosophical angle that doesn't feel like heady, you know, uh, college philosophy class or something. It, it you know, I I like that too. I I feel like the the um the general tone and tenor of the film is very practical. You know, I mean it's it's sort of gritty and it could just as easily have been twisted into a found footage film. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it really feels that way. And I, I, I like the way you, uh, you, you know, you suggest it's a, it, it's aligned to kind of a video game. I, um, I go back and forth on how I see this film. And part of it is it, it, part of my impression of it is determined by what I consider of the linking events, uh, the conversations between the runs. Right. And I don't think I have ever watched this film um, questioning which was real, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, until this time, uh, when I started looking at it as if reality was the, is the connecting events. Their conversations about what is love and do you love me, how do you know you love me, uh, in the red light lying in bed... Right. And that everything in between there, the running events, the 20-minute compression of time, the ability to uh, to be inside uh, multiple first-person personality views of, of so many divergent characters in a single plot line, um, the ability to stretch time when required to do so by the storyline, those are conceits of dreams. Uh, and so I, I very much have, have started to, to view most of this film as a dreamscape. Using the conventions of a dreamscape, we can get a, a, a much broader picture of how Lola, uh, the character of Lola, is working out events with her relationship in her head. And, and each of these runs, it's like that repetition of the dream. You know, one of the things I, that I didn't catch that, I'll, that uh, many of the uh, sort of critiques of this film have pulled out is the uh it, you know particularly illustrated in her use of the gun where in the first run uh, Mani instructs her how to remove the safety in the second run she already knows how to remove the safety of uh, right. you know it, it, as if she sort of remembers it it's like she is practicing on each run to get better and better and better and and that's one of those things that that's an experience that was very cl- that that is very close to me when i think about how you know my own memorable dreams um you know they have that sense of repetition and practice and and identity confusion that go throughout and i i that's one of the things i find most fun about this film now more fun I- this time watching it than i think i have i've had in the past it's and that's i think what makes this film something that is so exciting and so unique i mean i i can't think of another film i've seen that that handles storytelling in a way that is at one sense avant-garde filmmaking and at another sense just like this intense techno action film you know yeah it's really unique and it makes it so exciting and i actually can see why the uh um uh the uh, wachowskis latched on to tom as somebody to work with because they they kind of have that 
techno feel in their films and deal with philosophical sorts of things. There's something about uh, just uh, the way that he opted to put this film together that really makes it fresh and invigorating to watch. And something that is fun to go back and talk about time and time again. Um, you know, we're, we both just rewatched it. And again, we both had a great experience watching it and reliving it again. Now looking at it, okay, is this the dream state or is this the dream state? That's what makes, uh, I think, a film like this something that will live on. I, and, and the, yeah, that's what I like about the film. Now, uh, that's all. I, I, then, then what? That's all. That's all I like. I don't like anything else. Is that what you're going to say? Well, you know, no. I. That's not quite what I'm going to say. I found myself more annoyed with the script than ever. Yeah. Right. And and I I'm so interested in your take on the construction of these sort of individual scenes, particularly the scenes between Lola and Papa. Mm-hmm. I was I, I found myself like yelling at the screen like don't just she the 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 construction of these scenes she she gets in these situations where Lola has to ask for money she she thinks that that the only way for her to get the money is to go ask her papa who is uh you know executive at this bank or some mid-level kind of white collar at this bank and yeah, I got this I, I I guess I got the sense that he was like the head of the bank Okay. Well, his office wasn't like that nice. Maybe none of the offices <laughs> were that nice. Uh, but he was behind a door with a code, so that's that seemed like a big deal. So I'm thinking of these scenes come uh, come up, and she's always met with this this very strange obstacle, right? The obstacle of of the mistress who's in the room, and she's telling the the, the papa, you know, and this is, again, to my sort of dream theory, like she, she gets to be in the room, and we as the viewer get to be in the room while this conversation is happening. Uh, and in the first run, the, she says, you know, the mistress says, uh, you know, I'm pregnant. And he says, oh, my goodness. You know, and there's that whole, there, there's, they, they're having a drama, and Lola runs in on it. And she is so shocked by their by you know the the shock of seeing them together and seeing their physical closeness and they, he pulls away and he's papa says you know this is not a good time and she says you have to help me you have to help me but she never actually says why like she never like my my expectation is you are so stupid you are not saying there is you're not being specific enough to uh, to sort of level up your trouble, because right now your trouble, your ticking clock, is more important than Papa's ticking clock. And yeah. the fact that the script puts me in a position to hate that, I think, is structural weakness. Well, and I can totally understand what you're saying. And it it bugs me a little bit, too, but I also give it maybe a little... Uh, I, I give her... I. I I, I side with her a little bit because walking in on a situation where it feels like you're stepping into a room where you're seeing your parent having an affair with somebody, basically, I, I think throws kind of emotional confusion at you. And all of a sudden, it's, I, you know, I, I do get a sense that she's struggling trying to remember what she's trying to, you know, what, all of the specifics of what she's trying to say. So. Yeah, and that's I, I mean I get that, and I I, I feel I, I can feel that side of it, and and yet I I still feel like it's a like her 
she's not given enough options um, or uh, she was too effectively set up as the savior of Manny, that she'll do anything. She'll agree insanely. She'll agree to find 100,000 marks in 20 minutes to save right. her boyfriend's life. That is an incredible thing to say yes to. And yet, when she runs in and sees Pop, and they clearly don't have a great relationship already, right? right? I mean, they clearly don't have a great relationship. So why is it that she is so shaken by the fact that he could be having a, an affair with somebody else? Like, that... That's it. Just doesn't it? It just doesn't fit. I found myself like three, and and because we have to be subjected to that same model three times, uh, it 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 just works less every time. I I uh, the the robbery uh, was the robbery the second the robbery is the second robbery is the first one. Robbery is the first one. Where they go into yes, the grocery yeah, store? Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. The robber when she robs the bank. Oh yeah, sorry. The, when she robs the bank, that's the second. That's one, the correct. second one, right? So she robs the bank, and uh, you know there, there are pieces of that I like. There's there's a bit of that sort of comedy feel in it when you when he actually <laughs> the teller empties the drawer and uh, there isn't <laughs> enough money, and she just lets him go down to the basement, <laughs> right? Like there, for example, and, I buy that. Like I can and, buy that she's when, nuts. And when she walks out. And she sees the cops everywhere. That was, and she's convinced that they are there for yeah. her, and, and they, they tell shoo her, to get her out away. Of way. <laughs> that's one of my favorite moments of the film. It is. <laughs> it's a real highlight. That sort of comic highlight, and it's just that nuance. And it's so short, but it it it's very memorable. And yet, the relationship between her and and Popeye, I find, is is really weak. And because you see it so many times throughout the film, it it sort of magnifies itself. And and uh, uh, and in the same to the same extent when. You know when she's she's trying to talk to money. Any any time Lola is trying to talk somebody into or out of something, um, it it just it's not convincing to me. Uh, and so I find I find it weak. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I I agree. It is it is weak. It's a conceit that has to be. Uh, the story has to come across in twenty minutes, and that's the challenge of trying to put a story like this together when she has to come up with a hundred thousand dollars in 20 minutes there has to be an option for her to get that money in that short period of time and this you know it's this the option that they came up with or tom came up with when he wrote the script he she's going to go get the money from her dad who runs a bank it is i mean i can see why he put it there because it's a it's a simple way to answer the question but then he has to throw obstacles in there okay dad's having an affair it does come across a little forced it um it does play a little awkwardly the 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 dad uh is i don't know he's a little hard to watch i think i i have a hard time with him um and also maybe it's just because you it's he's so easy to hate because i mean it's not like he's ashamed at all in fact when when she's pissed off and she's trying to get the money from him he essentially says you know you're you're a a terrible daughter i don't like you and uh, you're not my kid anyway and just like horrible horrible stuff i mean it's it's like daniel plainview all of a sudden inhabits this character (laughs) i mean he's just horrible that's exactly right yeah and and it is really strange it's that all comes across like i don't understand like 
okay, so he was, you know, caught with his hand in the cookie jar. But <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like he goes to a place that I never, ever would have expected a, a father to go to for their child. Unless... The, unless there was just a really bad relationship there. But I, I, I mean, I got a sense that it was a not the greatest relationship, but I didn't get a sense that it was bad. So, so I, well, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I mean, you're I, making, you're making me feel less and less, uh, <laughs> or more, I should say more and more like I don't like that part of the movie. Well, and, and I think that's, a, that's a part of it because every time we see him, he is not a likable character, right? He's, yeah. he's not a likable character. And so, uh, it, it forces us or, or, uh, in, uh, it encourages us to make assumptions about their relationship. And yeah. in fact, after the first run, um, or it's the second it is during the second run before she makes the decision to rob the bank right he says i'm leaving your mother i'm sick of being you know and that that was the second run when he actually uh it wasn't it i get him so confused now I, when he I, walks I, her he stories. walks her out and and tells her outright uh i'm not doing this you know i'm leaving your mother and, and i'm leaving your family good luck and he throws her out right and then she steals the and gun she and... steals the gun right, right. um you know he's we know he's not a likable guy already we know he's and and so we make these assumptions about their relationship or at least i make these assumptions about the relationship that maybe um are a bridge too far in any case um the the setup of those sequences has allowed me to make those assumptions in a way that causes other areas of the film of of my relationship with lola to weaken um, yeah and and i think that's a that's a challenge. So this is one of those films where I feel like I love it at the very high level, where it allows us to talk about this idea of the dreamscape and the structure. And I love the sort of the the practical uh, kind of grit of the film. And then when you start looking at it, it closely, I start I, it. I get tired. <laughs> yeah, I I can I can I can buy into that. It's a it's a great conceit. It's really fun to watch. But it does always slow down uh, a little bit when it gets to the bank yeah. with Papa. Papa is um, uh, actor is Herbert Naup, and uh, you know he's been in a lot of stuff. This Herbert Naup, a lot of German films. I'm trying to see if I have seen anything else uh, that he's done. Nothing. Nothing's coming up. Nothing rings a bell. Huh? Nothing rings a bell. No. Uh, what What else do you uh, What else do you hate about this movie? <laughs> I I don't think I hate anything. I didn't I didn't think I hated anything until you dragged me down this I, rabbit no, hole. No, no. And I, I I I play I play with you. I yeah. uh, I don't hate anything about this movie. I find myself frustrated by some pieces of it, but a lot of it is is because I I buy into so much you know other uh, so many other elements of it. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say uh, you know. Speaking of actors and actresses, Franca Potente, I think we have talked about her quite a bit on in our Born series. Yes, and I think she's uh, great in this. I, I mean, it's not a huge role. There's not a whole lot going on, um, but it was clearly enough for it to really kind of be a breakout role for her, which is fantastic. At least internationally, she had been acting since the mid nineties. And then this came out in Germany in 1998 and, uh, internationally in 99. And it really did kind of push her onto the international scene. She ended up in, uh, another, uh, 
critique for her film, The Princess and the Warrior. And then she was in Blow with Johnny Depp. She was in the Bourne series. Um, she was in The Shield, the TV show, which I love so much. Um, she was in Che, the Soderbergh film. I mean, she's just, she's been a very busy American Horror Story more recently. So it's, it's great that this was a, a role that really helped her kind of break that international uh, bound and get out into doing more films. Because, I mean, I every time I see her on screen in this film, in whatever it is, I really have a great time. I just think she's a fantastic actress and, and really fun to watch. I do, too. She's one of those sort of addictive uh, actresses. I... Um... I particularly, I, I feel like I, I met her in Run, Lola, Run, and uh, then all of the, uh, there were so many women around me dyed their hair pink <laughs> at that time, and uh, and so I, I, I think I got a little bit frunk of fatigue, uh, but then Born Identity, I mean, I thought she was just so charming. Yeah, absolutely. In that film, and I, I yeah, I really enjoyed her uh, there, and it's just been, it's been fun to, to, uh, to watch her, um, and then more Moritz, Moritz has been in film since he was a baby, <laughs> practically. Uh, I, I should say a baby, but definitely as a very young child, as a, a child actor in Germany. So I mean, he has been around forever, and you know, this was not quite as much an international breakout for him, but it still did get him out doing more stuff. You know, The Experiment was another film that he did a few years later with Oliver Hirschbiegel that uh, did get a, a quite a bit of uh, international play. And then, you know, he was in Munich for Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was in, uh, right. well, he just World recently did World War, World War Z, and then he did The Fifth Estate. He was just in that. Right. So, and interesting, interestingly enough, last year he was in a movie called The Fourth State. <laughs> The fourth state and the fifth and the estate. Fifth estate. fifth estate, yes. So, uh, yeah, no, it's he's he was interesting to watch. He's one of those faces that you see it and it is familiar. Yeah. Uh, but but you, yeah, he, you're just not quite sure where. Uh, it it was a it was fun to see him in in this role uh, and to see him sort of gritty and confused. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Tom Tiekfer also did some of the music in this film, along with uh, Johnny Klimek and Reinhold Heil. Reinhold. And Reinhold, who I believe those guys also helped him with the music in uh, Cloud Atlas, if I remember correctly. I think that he is a, a director who brings his people with him wherever he goes. Frank, is it Griebe? I don't know how to say the name, but he also, he was the cinematographer uh, for this. And he also did, um, filmed Tom's portions of Cloud Atlas. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, speaking of, of the cinematography, that's something that's worth mentioning also, because I think it's really interesting in this film, the way that they play with it. For the most part, it looks pretty standard. But every time we kind of step out of, of Lola's world and we watch somebody, um, where we're getting uh, it, it's 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 the omniscient view of another story going on, whether it's with Papa, right. whether it's with um, Papa's you know friend who's driving the car. It it looks like it's filmed on on VHS, 
you know, we see this mm. kind of like crummy VHS looking footage of these of those situations until Lola comes in and enters it and then it's back to film which I, I found really fascinating. I love the way that it separated her world with the rest of the world. And then we even have some animated bits, some nice little spiraling staircase animated bits when she breaks out of the apartment for the first time and is running down this spiral staircase. And uh, and then the fantastic uh, the photo montages when she does run into these people and we get a little photo montage of that person and how their life kind of, the direction their life takes. Um, just from the the butterfly effect moment that they had with Lola. It's a really interesting way that they used different film techniques to tell this story. And we see we see two of I, I think two of them repeatedly, right? There's the there's the woman. Um there's there's I, there's like at least there's the first woman who has the um the baby carriage. Right. And we see her three times. And then there's the bicyclist. And we see the bicyclist bicyclist. Do we see him three times or just twice? Um, maybe just twice, but definitely twice. Uh-huh. Um, we see the woman in the bank hallway. I feel oh, you're like right. She... We see her a couple of times too. Yeah, she's three times. Yeah, I yeah. think I'd forgotten about her already. Uh, no, she's just twice because Lola never makes it into the bank that third time. Hmm. And uh, is there another one? Wow. Now I'm. I should have written him down. Should have written him down. Yeah. It did not. Uh, I, I don't know. remember. But the the one I just wrote down lots of people. Lots of people. Get it. But <laughs> but really, when you see it, like their story is interesting because we see, um, it, you know, the the woman and the bicyclist. You know, we see them go through the extent of, um, or, or they get the extremes, right? Uh, the bicyclist. Uh, oh, and the bum. Right? Don't we see the bum a couple of times? Or we just well, we see him see, in the real story. He's not. Yeah, a we see him. Right, right. We just see yeah. him in the real story. So the the biker, uh, what's the deal? The biker goes and he uh, he ends he, up at, he ends up on the streets. Yeah, he ends up homeless in one, homeless like using drugs, uh-huh. and then in another version, he meets somebody. And they have a happy life together. I right. think those are the two. Those the are the two. So he seen. goes. He yeah. goes. You, you see him go sort of one way where he's uh, sort of socially acceptable, and one way where he is not. Uh, right. And the the woman and, kidnaps a baby in the first one. Uh-huh. Uh After you know, authorities, I guess, take her child away. Uh, mm-hmm. In the second one, she that was the like one where the, she go, like wins the lottery or something, right? And then the third one is where she like joins a, a, like a cult. convent or oh, something. Religious, yeah, some sort yeah, of cult like a religious convent. Thing, yeah, uh, and she goes, she converts to something. Right. Uh, and that's a. It, it's funny. I found myself sort of marveling at how much story they fit into these camera flash kind of flash forwards. You know, I thought right, those were right. just really wonderful little stories um, set inside this scape. It really is. It, it's it's done in such a fun way. I mean, imagine, you know, obviously that's such a short moment in the script, but it requires quite a bit of uh, production design yeah. and, and just all the extra work that goes into staging each of those scenarios. But, I mean, I think it's just so much fun and it works so well in context of this type of story when you're really exploring how little things in life can change things in different directions. It makes me think of Vine. Doesn't it a little bit? <laughs> 
Vine, the news source? No, the you know, like the video, the six second video. Oh, uh, Vine, the video, yeah. right? Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking of this whole time because these these are all very very short uh, stories of these people, and and they it it's funny that you there is now a tool that allows you to create very very short <laughs> like videos, right? Right, right. Uh, and and some of the best ones sort of tell the stories in in this way is really they're really terrific. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, what else do you have on this thing? Um, you know, I, I need to watch it again in in context of this, but I guess that the spirals, like the spiral staircase, behind Mani at the phone booth, there's the spiral cafe, um, all the, these different spirals, um, along with the painting of the woman's head from, like, the backside of a woman's head in the casino are all little nods to Vertigo, Hitchcock's Vertigo, that uh, Tikver kind of threw into this, which I thought was... Uh, pretty interesting and it does make sense that the whole idea of vertigo and that whole spiraling uh, motif fits interestingly with this story so I, I like that you know with this whole thing of free will uh, determinism making choices like you know like I already said the butterfly effect all of that stuff I think it it does kind of fit with that feel that vertigo has so that's a, a nice little uh connection that Teekfer threw into this that I like quite a bit. What else did you did you find anything else on Easter eggs in this film? Like besides those nods to Vertigo, like are there cuz you you get the feeling the more time you you watch it that you're missing something, you know? Like for example, every time she walks out she says, "Lola, are you going shopping? You know, I need some shampoo." Right. I I feel like I want to catch something out of that that brief sequence we see it almost exactly the same way three Upper times mom, right. and i i feel like i'm missing something there you know all the the pieces the transition pieces i feel like i'm missing something and i want easter eggs there and i found nothing right no i i don't think that there's anything there if there is it's really it's really hidden in deep um but i do like the way that it feels like it feels like you've seen it before, but it also feels like, gosh, it feels a little different, yeah. but I can't quite tell. Maybe it's just a different take, you know, and, and so I like the way they play with that, that, again, it's kind of that butterfly effect feel that's going on in this film. Yep. I agree. All right. What are we going to do now? So this film uh, did well for itself at the uh, the German uh, the version of the movie awards, the Lola Award, oddly enough, uh, which I think is appropriate for this film. <laughs> the Lolas. <laughs> it's the German Film Awards, uh, the Bundesfilmpreis, or the Lola. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, or the Deutscher Filmpreis. Uh, anyway, in uh, 1999, this film, um, I, I I was trying to read up about this uh, this award. It sounds like something where they kind of it doesn't sound quite like the Academy Award. It just sounds like they kind of pick it and they award films, uh, the the award. So Run, Lola, Run um, shared a Best Supporting Actress uh, award with another German film, Am I Beautiful? Um, the Best Supporting Actress was Nina Petri, who played Jutta Hansen. Oh, Jutta Hansen. Which one was she? I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember who she is. But anyway, Nina she, Petri, I guess, was... That's really funny. Why is that... Um, why? It's, it's interesting that she was... Apparently, 
I, I no woman stands out in this strong enough as a supporting actress for me. So it's interesting that they singled somebody out. Yes, um, I'm. I, I'm looking. Right. Yeah, I I got nothing. And then, all right. So let's see. Uh, it won audience award for the actress of the year, Franca Patente. It won best supporting actor for Herbert Naup, mm-hmm. the Papa. Audience Award Movie of the Year, Best Feature Film, uh, Best Direction, Tom Tiefer, Best Camera, uh, Frank, who I already mentioned. Oh, Nina Petri was, was oh, Jutta Hansen. Okay, okay. See, this is the problem with German names. I got it. She was the affair. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Ugh. And then editing, uh, Matilda Bonifoy. That, so, now, that is Yeoman's work right there, editing this movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely deserves it yeah so those those are the awards that it uh, it got and i you know, definitely feels like it deserved it uh it deserved these awards and uh yeah it uh empire magazine put it on their 100 best films of world cinema list as number 86 a uh a, you know a good place i mean it's a pretty interesting list if you plow through looking at all 100 it's nice to see that run lola run did make it on the list and we've got uh, we've got that link in the show notes on the next real doc yep 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 and then i think you know the last note i have there's this interesting website movielocations.com movie-locations.com the worldwide guide to movie locations you can look at movies and look at all the sites and everything they go through run lola run and kind of give you a breakdown of all the locations uh, where they filmed the film, and it's they—it's not a film that just follows a woman running in a straight line through the city. They specifically have her in lots of particular places around Berlin, and if you map it out, uh, which I uh, foolishly decided to do <laughs> in Berlin <laughs> on Google Maps, God bless it. Uh, yeah, she is running just nonsense. It is just the most nonsensical run around the city, just so she can hit all these key points. And so it's, it is pretty funny to see. She ended up running, if she does actually run and, and hit all these things, she runs about, uh, 21.5 kilometers, <laughs> which theoretically <laughs> would take her about 45 minutes. That's, At least, uh, that's that's the probably the driving speed awesome. or how long it would take driving. So, yeah. So there that's is. A so you you link. mapped I, this one manually. I mapped it. I entered. Okay. I, I took this uh, the locations from this movielocations.com, stuck them in here. I don't know if I want to tell you this. Connected it. I don't know if What's I want to tell you this. Uh, somebody already did it for Boris me. Boris Anthony did it on October thirty first, two thousand ten, and saved it as a map that you can look at in Google Maps. Oh, there you go. He's got... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. But this it was is still just, fun. just another, it's another indicator of how far you go for your uh, movie location. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess That's, so. It's really, you go all the way. You bring your A game to everything you do. I try. I try. If not, at least be plus. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Nelson, slightly above average. <laughs> in every way. <laughs> uh, 21 uh, kilometers. Go, yeah. Lola. She's a fast girl. Lola's apartment. Yeah, well. uh, 
so uh, how'd the movie do financially? What do you have? Did you find any numbers on uh, on this thing? I did actually find some numbers for this one, which was nice. Uh, the film, uh, this was 99. It uh, was only 81 minutes. It's a very short film. So the production budget on it was $1.75 million. Um, adjusted, that would be about $2.4 million in today's dollars. Um, and then with Princeton Advertising, I did find that the total budget was $5 million. So Princeton Advertising added a little nice chunk there. So adjusted total budget, $6.9 million. And then domestically here in the States, it made about $7.2 million. Internationally, about uh, also $7.2 million, coincidentally. So adjusted total gross was about $20 million. So the film did make money. And if you look at, I mean, an 81-minute film, adjusted profit per finished minute, it made about $162,421.47 per finished minute. Man, that's a lot of money. Yeah. It's good money. I, I could take that every minute for 81 every minutes. Every minute for 81 in a row? Yep. Uh, sure. Okay, let's <laughs> uh, let's rank this thing, shall we? Let's. Head over to flickchart.com, everybody. You can go ahead and do that right now on your internet machines. And you go to flickchart.com slash the next reel. And that is where you are going to find uh, all of the movies that we have ever done on this show. A hundred and some odd, precisely. And you'll see how we have ranked them over the years. And maybe, so you will be, maybe you will be surprised. Uh, at uh, at our rankings, we encourage you to friend us over there. Do whatever the metaphor is for uh, becoming affiliated with us there, and because we, we would like to see your rankings too. Absolutely. What is the meta? Do you like? Do you flick? Did we decide? You like? I, I think you say flick every you week. Flick every week. All right. Flick so us. Flick us at <laughs> flick chart, and uh, there you go. All right, let's do it. Run, Lola, Run, or Inside Man? Inside Man. Why is that? Because I would do Run, Lola, Run. Don't get me wrong. I love Inside Man. This is great movie and great movie. Yeah. Yeah, I I just think, you know, okay. So Inside Man, the biggest problem I have with Inside Man. Oh, man. See, now you're making me question my biggest problem about Inside Man because my biggest problem with Inside Man is a significant problem. I know. I can't stand that Jodie Foster. I think Run, Lola, Run, the freshness of the storytelling style and the way that they tell it, the way they put it together, overpowers any problems I have with the Papa okay. story. Okay, all right, all right. You win this one. Ha, ha, ha. Run, Lola, Run, or World War Z? Or World War Z? What was it? Don't, World War Z word. <laughs> World War Z word. Don't say it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, we need to put that in the show notes, too, because that's just too awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I just watched that World War Z again. I really like it. I want to watch it again. Um, I really I haven't yet, but... I really like it. I'm not kidding. But would you pick it over Run Lola Run? <laughs> I mean, I would do Run Lola Run again. I mean, I, I really enjoy World War Z as a great entry into the zombies, but I just there's it's just such a fresh film. I I really love 
God, run Lola one. Lola. Lola run would be a shoe in if there was just one zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is one. They both just die. One. <laughs> and they get and up they and run again. again. <laughs> All right, that's it. Run Lola run because of the zombies. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, here we go. This this one won't. Run Lola Run or All the President's Men. All the President's Men. Yeah. Run Lola Run or The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. All right. A little international face. Run Lola Run. Mm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, this is hard. Mm-hmm. I would go Diving Bell over Run Lola Run. Yeah. I know you would because you're a contrarian. But since I already defeated you earlier... <laughs> I will give you. I'm not sure I like how you characterize <laughs> our discussions, but okay. It did sound a little domineering, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> run, Lola, run, or the thing. Hmm. You see, this is that line where it's like I'm all of a sudden crossing that yeah. line of going into films that I, I just love so much. I don't care how fresh Lola is. I still have to go with the thing. Damn, that's a see. Good the problem one. is, yeah, I'm I'm in there too because, uh, but again, which which would I rather put on? Yeah. And and I've already lost on several of these because I would certainly put on <laughs> World War Z before I put on Run the Run again, and I would definitely. I mean, we got them, uh, you know. But in this case, I would put on the thing before I put on Run the Run again. Yeah, but it's the context. Yeah, I hate you, flick chart. <laughs> Run the Run or the Prestige. Oh. The Prestige. Ah, man, there really? is, yeah, there is no contest. And I'm a little... you've already defeated me twice, so you owe me this one too. <laughs> you let me talk. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, I love Run Lola Run, but I may give, I may let the Prestige edge it out. So see, I'm not. You're not I'm a savage. Not I'm not giving in to you on that one. I let myself go that way. Okay, Run Lola Run or The French Connection? Uh, really? Really? Andy? <laughs> Whoa, what? You don't have a knee-jerk gut response to this? I absolutely do. It's The French Connection. I, I know. Oh, I was... Which is actually, it's ironic that the original, the working title of that movie was "Run Popeye Run." <laughs> I don't know. I think they missed missed the boat on that one. Yeah. And and Lo- "Run Lola Run" was originally the Manny connection. <laughs> so they missed the boat they on that. They missed one. the boat on that one. <laughs> oh my my my! All right, number twenty three. Wow, that one shot right up there. Nice. That's good, though. Well done. That's good. Well done. Yeah. I feel good about that. I do, too. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I <laughs> I do. I feel good you about that. You do sound awfully defeated. I do. Uh, I feel a little bit dominated. Where do we go from here? We go to, we're, we're moving from uh, Germany to epic China, right? We're kind of finally uh, jumping off the uh, European continent. Yeah, going all the way over to Taiwan to watch Yi Yi, a one and a two. A one and a two. And this one is, uh, I think this was, comes in at just under six hours, the director's cut. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I'm, I am I have not seen this movie. I know. I'm excited. Am I going to like it? Yes. 
Hmm. Of course you are. All right. This is good because, you know, I feel like, you know, if anybody's going to know, it's probably going to be you. That's right. We've talked like about Like Taxi Driver. Movies. You love that one so much. That's right. <laughs> See, you really, you really played me on that one. Oh, man. All right, man. Hey, this was a good talk. Do we have anything else for the people? Um, well, are we uh, about ready to put all of our 2014 movies up on uh, our Letterboxd watch list? Oh, my goodness. That was an epic, epic conversation. We did it, people. We did it. <laughs> we got through 2014. We have all the series, all the movies put out for, for 2014. And yep. uh, I think we're ready. I think we were, with the exception of it, did, did uh, we, we have the, the editorial team... For the next real editorial team has come back with some suggestions. Have we? Do we have all of those? We're just waiting on some comments on one of the series. All right, and then we're ready. But I think this week we're yeah. we're ready to to put it up on the on the watch list on Letterbox. Absolutely. And so we will. Uh, you know, I'll put a direct link in the in the or we'll we'll do a blog post. We'll put it up on the blog. Yeah. And uh, introducing the twenty four uh, twenty fourteen uh, next real series. So you can see all the movies we're going to be talking about. And this is a little different this year. I'm excited about it because one of the, you know, one of the recurring uh, comments we get from people is, "Gosh, it would be nice if we could watch the films that you're going to talk about before you actually talk about them, so we can kind of right. catch up." And uh, we agree, as it turns out. Uh, we didn't know we agree. It's taken us, uh, you know, <laughs> just well over a couple years to over, figure that out. <laughs> you know, several years to figure that out. But it turns out we agree, and so we're gonna we we've, we've got the whole list. We're gonna publish the whole thing, with the exception of remember this: our three listeners choice episodes very excited to jump into these listener choice and i will also say we have worked in the guilty pleasure series where andy and i are going to uh, uh we're going to surprise each other uh, that's right one each a little bit of a little bitty present of the movie <laughs> that we uh that is a guilty pleasure for each of us uh and and we're gonna we're gonna surprise each other the week before that's how we're gonna do it that'll be a fun one i can't wait or fun too that fun too I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited about it so that's where we are, uh, and uh, as usual, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, make sure to join the conversation. Facebook.com slash the next reel, Google.com slash plus the next reel podcast, Twitter.com slash the next reel. Hmm, that's it. I'm going to go get on the treadmill now and start running. I got to go to bed. Blazy. Doofus. <laughs>I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. 
Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. <laughs>